Hello and welcome to the DCU Soccer Podcast. I'm back this week with uh, James from DC United Kingdom. Hello, hello. Yeah, so uh, what's up? What have you been up to? You've been watching any soccer games? Uh, well, yeah, uh, plenty of it. And I watched the, uh, unfortunately, DC Toronto game. And I missed out on the Dallas game just because it was far too early in the morning. Um, and I didn't fancy staying up till 4 a.m. over here. Watched uh, some of the uh, Women's World Cup as well. So that's been kind of good as well. Yeah, there's just a ton of ton of stuff on pretty much every day. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I've I've been watching the the World Cup, Copa America, yep. Gold Cup, and yep. then yeah, the last two games, which I guess we'll start out with. But yeah, you you mentioned you missed the FC Dallas game, uh, yep. and you watched the Toronto one. Yes. And you might have got lucky there because somehow <laughs> the Toronto one was the better one. Um, but just yeah how how it was dreadful honestly but uh i watched i watched the highlights on uh yesterday morning so i didn't completely miss out on it and yeah i kind of wish i didn't yeah it was rough it was rough yeah. but let's start out with the toronto game we kind of slipped by at a one uh, a one-to-one draw against toronto with a late penalty kick by wayne rooney yeah um and now it seemed extremely lucky and there was also a non-called uh, penalty kick that could have gone for Toronto in there. So yeah, we're really lucky on that one. But yeah, what did you think of that? Like I mean, the, the the late VAR, uh, VAR decision for us, I think was the right call. Um, looking back on the replays, because I was watching it on online through uh, Bet365. So I had zero commentary for this game. So I actually managed to hear all the... Uh, calls from the sideline and just heard Ben Olsen screaming his head off to get the video um, assistant to actually get the review underway. Then you looked at actually what happened. I was like, yeah, you know what? That's actually the right call. So in terms of luck, yes, it's lucky that we actually managed to get something out of the game. But I think that decision in itself was the right one. Then, as you said about the uh, Toronto one, how they didn't get a penalty and how that didn't get reviewed is astounding. And it goes back to why have we not got consistency? Why uh, why shouldn't we have every call that's like that actually reviewed? Because it only takes 10 to 15 seconds for the video assistant to have a quick look, check to see if it was actually, you know what, the ref actually needs to go back and actually look at that. Then you make the decision. In terms of the game overall, I thought there was some flashes of decent play by us, but the majority of it was us sitting back and waiting to counter. And I think I mentioned it whilst I was watching it on Twitter. It's it's not attractive football. It's it's painful to watch, and we can't rely on counter-attack all the time, especially when we're playing at home. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I think there definitely were those like moments of you, you kind of felt encouraged, but yeah, kind of didn't end up working uh, that well. And in the last two games now, we've had no goals from open play at all. And yeah, yeah, like teams are, teams know that we have had a tendency to do the, the counterattack stuff, stuff, especially like in our relatively recent history. So that's not necessarily something we can always do. No. And I think um, another thing I have noticed, and I know you will will want to touch this on um, in a bit um, is how Lucho Acosta at the moment, whenever I see him get the ball, you see three to four players just quickly surrounding him, and that just nullifies 
our main point of attack at the moment. And it's Acosta just doesn't seem to know what to do in that kind of situation. He's not getting the ball away quickly. He's the type of player who wants to take someone on, which is always good to see. And when it works, it's fantastic. But at the moment, when he's got three to four players surrounding him, he's got nowhere to go. He can't pass the ball to anyone. And I think that's how a lot of teams have nullified our counter-attack as well. So we need to kind of work on how we get around that particular situation. And like I said, I know we'll probably talk about that a bit in a bit more detail soon. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things about that is like, if you're getting swarmed by three or four players, most likely something else has opened up. And the fact that he's not taking those opportunities or there's something wrong or like he feels he needs to just try to dribble through everyone and is not, you know, being aware of where the other players are in enough time, like, that's pretty concerning. And so yeah. we need to do something about that. Like, I think it's it could be a really good thing to have uh, players come and, and be attracted to, to his play and t- towards him yeah. if we could take advantage of it. But we are not, and it's kind of working. So that's why teams are doing it. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, there's there seems to be... Uh working on us and uh they've we've been found out um because last season towards the end it was working brilliantly and no one knew how to defend us but now they've worked that out and well you look at how many goals we haven't scored one of the things that uh, i think a lot of people have talked about is like yeah like acosta seems like he's potentially going to be moving on here he hasn't signed an extension mm. with the club and i think he can sign a pre-contract i guess now i'm, I'm guessing can, yeah yeah, it's uh, in the last six months he can sign pre-contract with anyone in a foreign nation. So the likes of if PSG are going to come back in for him, which to be honest, I will be surprised if that does happen. But he can sign a pre-contract there, or he can come over to the UK. Which to be honest, I would love to see him in the UK, but I want to see him playing well for us rather than that. So hopefully he'll do something good, and we can actually get back to the Acosta of 2018. Yeah, for sure. And then we we went to FC uh, to play FC Dallas in Dallas. Yep. And he actually started out on the bench, which I thought yes. was interesting. The official word was that he was, I guess, a little bit ill. I'm kind okay. of questioning that, but mostly because uh, the other thing that was happening um, when the roster or not roster, but uh, the lineup was released is that yeah. uh, Zoltan Stieber did not travel with the team because of a quote unquote illness. And so I'm kind of wondering if these players who are kind of like out of favor at the moment or thinking about being transferred or whatever are kind of just, you know, being pushed aside and they're not really talking too much about it. Yeah. Maybe so. Or even that wanting away, they might be just pulling a sick day. Yeah, (laughs) I guess. I mean, to me, like, I mean, it's obviously hard to tell if someone's sick or not, but I mean, I don't know. I think... Acosta was warming up. He was warming up even during the game for a while, and he did come in, uh, as we'll yeah. talk about. But like, it to me, it seemed very much like a like let's try TT in the middle there, see what we have to do if yeah. Acosta does leave, and try to uh, work on our future. But yeah, I'm curious what you think about that. If that was potentially what you think happened, I am. I mean, illnesses they do happen, but you know, it's. Uh... It is an interesting one because I hear things like that happen over here in the UK, and you're whenever that happens, it's like yeah, he's that particular player is on their way out. So I reckon it'll. I, I can't imagine that being any different um, in the states. So I think this might be uh, the beginning of the end. 
for Steve Moran's uh, Acosta, which in a way, if we're basing it on recent form and things like that, it will be a good thing for the club just to get rid of the what you would class as deadwood, really, um, get them out of the club and bring in some fresh blood who were wanting to play for us rather than just here getting a paycheck and then trying to get somewhere else with a bigger paycheck. Yeah, for sure. And there also might be like some kind of middle, like middle truth about it. Like maybe he was feeling a little bit off, but if if he had already had his, you know, pre or his contracts extension signed or whatever, he would have been in anyway. And like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of a hard thing to to really tell. But I don't know. I didn't necessarily think TT did all that bad or all that good. It was kind of just like a mixed performance for me. Um, mostly hard to remember because I've tried to black out so much of the game. <laughs> it's just really hard to watch. Um, I think didn't yeah. um, Titi play in centre mid against Toronto as well, if I remember rightly. Oh yeah, he yeah. played in the uh, defensive midfield. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he played really well there because he, he was picking the ball up from deep, actually running with it and taking people on. And actually, I thought I thought he was really good in in defensive mid. I, I think we might actually have a bit of a uh, gem on our hands on if he continues to play like that in that position. I think. You know what? You might actually give Canals and Moreno a little bit of a run for their money in that position. Yeah, I think I think he did okay in the first half. I think um, in this like right before that they brought on um, Durkin, I yeah. thought uh, he was kind of struggling a little bit, and so we also needed that uh, attacking power on the wing there because yeah we were down, mm. and yeah. so yeah it was kind of hard to tell, but yeah I think he does well in the center. I think he has like. I think he's done that before at his previous club a little bit, and especially in terms of the the attacking midfielder. So, yeah. I don't think I don't think it's a like um, too crazy of a thought to, to think that he would be the the future of that position uh, for yeah. DC. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And we also saw uh, Griffin Yao start the game, um, the 16-year-old academy uh, player. Yes, yeah, that was always uh, great to see uh, someone coming through the youth ranks and actually making his first ever start in the MLS. Yeah, I guess the the only thing, I don't necessarily think he did, uh, again, like a good or bad job. I think a lot of a lot could be said for a lot of the players like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he ended up getting subbed out. I think it was good that he was uh, starting and he did play uh, the amount of minutes he did. But I mean, you can't really take much from that game, honestly. it's It was so like lackluster and, and kind of yeah. disappointing that it's hard to really judge too many performances but um when griffin yao got subbed out acosta uh, came in yeah and he pretty much immediately whiffed on a an open uh, an open shot <laughs> yes that was i just remember watching that highlight yesterday morning and i was like oh that looks uh, no he's put it over the bar how the hell did he miss that it was just he took it far too quickly in my eyes i mean it was just he's one-on-one and he's just hit it with his first touch. He had acres of space, tons of time. He could have just composed himself, slotted it into the bottom corner. That would have been 1-1 in back in the game, potentially with a win. Yeah, and unfortunately that didn't happen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not too much long, uh, not too much later, he actually ended up receiving a red card um, yeah. for, I guess, uh, stepping on the face of... Um, <laughs> <laughs> an FC Dallas player, which uh, was... I like how you put that. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that means he's almost certainly 
Uh, I would I would say probably out for multiple games, but definitely out for the next game. Oh yeah. Um, we'll see what actually happens because those things come down later. But yeah. I don't know. I think it's kind of uh, like a silver lining there. Like especially mm-hmm. if we are considering that Acosta might not be here for much longer or will be leaving after the end of the season. It's a good time for us to try out what we think might be the next evolution of our system, our play style with, with new personnel in different places. Yeah, yeah, that's that would be totally reasonable. We need we need to do plan for the future, and hopefully that future will include uh, Yamil Assad. Hashtag bring back Assad. Yes, please. <laughs> Tweet bring back Assad. Hashtag bring back Assad. I I think he I think he's gonna come back. I think yeah. there was a an episode of Pitch Pass, a DC United podcast. I don't know if you listened to it. I've uh, I'm subscribed to it. Yeah, there was an interview with Ben Olsen, and there was a funny little part where like. Ben Olsen was talking about how he's not on social media, and uh, the host was like, oh, well, if you need me to tell you what Yamil Assad is up to, like, he's literally doing nothing, <laughs> and he's just hanging out with his dog in Argentina. <laughs> and Ben Olsen is like, well, just because I don't have uh, social media doesn't mean that I don't know what Yamil Assad is doing. So yeah. but that was kind of interesting. And Ben Olsen also uh, said that they would be adding a, a piece or two potentially in the coming week. And so... We'll yep. see what happens there. I don't know. It's been a couple of days since then, so you would have thought we would heard a rumor or something. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been very quiet so far, this transfer window, and it would be nice to have something done, even if it's not Yami Lassad. Uh, it would be nice to see that we're actually making efforts and making progress towards a final roster for the second half of the season. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think that a striker is definitely something we need because yeah. we also saw in this game... Uh, almost a second red card to Rooney for for this season. Um, It was overturned by VAR, but it kind of could be argued either way, I think. But yeah, yeah, that was kind of scary for a little bit there. That got a lot of media attention over here in the UK, that tackle uh, from Rooney. So it was just like, yeah, annoyingly, the media like to uh, sensationalise everything and go over the top so they can sell their papers. But um yeah there was a lot of attention on that particular challenge one because it was Rooney and two it yeah it was a pretty bad challenge and it was cynical um and with my DC cap on um it was a yellow card all day uh with my neutral hat on um yeah there there is definite case for a red card because again it was cynical it kind of was nearly endangering the opponent opponents there um, but I'm glad it wasn't a red card. I'm glad it was only a yellow, so he isn't uh, banned for the next game. Yeah, for sure. That would have been the, the like beyond the FC Dallas game. That would have been the real thing there, like having him out yeah. for another game and potentially more, depending on the disciplinary committee. But yeah, yeah, that was rough. I mean, we we have been really relying on Rooney to um, win games or yeah. tie them, actually, really. Well, yeah, at the moment, um, yes, yeah, just getting something out of them. I've been, uh, I tweeted, like, I don't know, a couple of days ago, the mm. the amount of goals that Rooney has had versus, like, our total goals. He's had, like, yeah. 56% of them, and it's, like, or was involved directly or whatever. And, like, yeah. it's just it's just crazy how big a part of, uh, the, of what we're doing it is. And, like, it's definitely not sustainable. It's good that he's producing, but it's not good that we can't figure out much without him. Yeah, I mean, when you compare to how it was last season and you had to cost a getting double figures for assists and goals, we, we're missing quite a lot at the moment. So we do need to get 
something to replace that with. Yeah, I definitely think so. And I think there's only so much that like our wingers can do and, and stuff like that. If, if yeah, our, our attacking midfielder is not necessarily like putting in the effort or like, yeah. or just getting overwhelmed by, you know, yeah, being swarmed by three or four people, like there's only so much we can do and, and trying to figure out that part of the field um, yeah. as, as well as trying to figure out like there's been some bad defensive plays recently and which is kind of worrying considering we did think we had a really, really, really strong defense. And so I'm wondering if that's just kind of like just because we're having problems keeping possession or just because we're having some dip in defensive form. Uh, um, my kind of counter argument to that is there is they're having to do a lot of work at the moment and there is only so much that they can do. Um, Brillant, Bambam, Hamid, Yohara, Mora, whoever's in defence, they're getting absolutely obliterated at the moment. You look at, was it 23, 24 attempts from Dallas on 4th of July and and you had the uh, Toronto game away where they had 30-odd attempts. There's going to be mistakes every now and again. And the fact that we're not scoring goals is highlighting them even more now. If we could sort out the goals, I think the defence, they could be a little bit more relaxed. They don't have to worry about as much about making those mistakes because they know that we can actually outscore opponents. And that's, I think, where we need to get to is to have that confidence that we know we can. doesn't matter if we concede two, one or two goals at the back. We know we can score three or four at the other end. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a big part of that is going to be the, the transfer window. But yeah, yeah, I just haven't heard anything about any of that, which is concerning. So yeah. I definitely think uh, bringing back Assad would be a huge improvement, especially if we do think we're going to get rid of Seaver and Acosta and yeah. have to move TT there in the middle. But um, I'm also wondering, uh, we haven't seen Areola back in, uh, for a little bit. What do you think he's going to be able to add when he does come back? Well, he's going to be able to add a lot of pace up top. Um, as we've seen throughout the entire season, he's been one of our key players, to be honest. Um, you, you know, he's just up and down that wing. He's been all over the pitch. He's been on the left. He's been on the right. He's been in defensive midfield. He is that player that we know whatever we ask of him, he will do that job. And we've missed that over the last couple of weeks, two, three weeks, where he's been away on international duty and... I just know that when he does come back, yes, it does mean we'll lose Segura, um, who, to be honest, he's done a very good job. It's always pleasing to see. I'm always having my doubts about him because I, I don't know why, but he always seems to come up with the goods. But I just know that with him on the right, I just know we will get forward. We have an attacking outlet there, and I, th- I feel a lot more confident with him on the pitch that we'll score, score goals from open play. Yeah, for sure. And I think maybe to talk about some of the only positive things <laughs> to, to kind of grasp at straws here, we did see two players who were injured come back, one yeah. being Joseph Mora, who came back, I guess, a little quicker than I think we all expected. And also Donovan Pines made his return, which oh. was really good to see. Yeah, love that man. Love that man. He is just, I don't know what, what it is. He's just got that big smile. He's a big guy at the center of the center of the uh, back four or back five, and you just know he's got pace. And I think I just remember from the Dallas game watching the highlights, there was that. It's kind of like I think it was what, three on two uh, Dallas attack, 
And that, I can't remember who it was, who played the ball forward. And he just seemed to do an acrobatic kick. And I was like, yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> What's that's, what I wanna, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I remember seeing that. And I'm just like, how the hell did that even happen? Like, that was what was that? Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I th- but we've seen him do those kind of things. And I think that's what's so, like, kind of awesome about him is his, like, ability to just do stuff. And you're like, wow, like, how was that even... How did he even think of doing that? Like, yeah. And like you mentioned, I, every time I see him play, I get amazed by how quick he actually is. Um, I think there was one, one or two times during the FC Dallas match he had to uh, run with a player. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's like his his pace is so is so good. Like, yeah. And and you wouldn't necessarily think that of someone who's just so tall, but um, yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of crazy. I think it's probably just those epic strides that he can get. That just helps them just keep up with everyone. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's definitely um, what it must be. But just looking at him, you wouldn't necessarily think that intuitively. But he's just no. insanely fast. Yeah, can't argue and, with that. And yeah, Mora came back. And we all know that when he's in the lineup, we usually do better. I guess this yep. game was not a case of that. <laughs> but it is good to know that he is back and hopefully healthy for the rest of the season. Yeah. And we have, crossed. yeah, we have a couple rough games coming up. Um, maybe not as much the New England Revolution, but they have been on a better uh, form recently. They've they've done very well actually. I think um, yeah. that's going to be a game that we really need to uh, actually be a little bit worried about. To be honest, um, I mean at the start of the season we would think we were just absolutely annihilating them. Obviously we drew at their stadium, but um, which you you were at, weren't you? If I remember rightly. Yeah, I was there. That was the yeah the one where I, I saw Bruce Arena and, and Rooney. <laughs> that was uh, that was quality. But yeah, it's I think it, it's going to be a tough game definitely. And yeah, like I said, I'm just worried a bit about that one, especially when it's at home and we need to get start winning at home again because that's where we win most of our points. They they are doing better. I still think we should beat them. I mean. Mm-hmm. On paper, <laughs> which hasn't really helped us much recently, but <laughs> but I mean, yeah, at some point we have to start winning again. We haven't really yeah. done that, so yeah, I, I guess I really want to see us get three points. I don't want another draw. I don't want any of that. I'm kind of tired of the the losses and the draws or like the the late penalties to equalize it. Like I'm just done with that kind of stuff, honestly. I just want to see us have just have this next game against New England. And you know what? Just go out and just go all out attack. Just, you know what? I don't care if we concede two or three goals, but if we score four, I mean, how good would that feel? How good would, how much would the crowd be loving that? It would just be, oh, it would be awesome. I would love to have like a 4 2 or a 4 3 game because that would, at least that would be entertaining. And that's what we're here for in this, watching these games is to actually be entertained at the end of the day and obviously win as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the zero zeros or the one ones or the two zeros aren't that entertaining for me, especially when yeah we don't have the possession or like really any like yeah like chances created. And even in some of our wins this year, we really haven't had like a lot a lot of chances. We've kind of been like lucky. I mean, yeah. if you look at the expected goals versus goals, I think we we come out a little lucky on that. But yeah, we really have got to start winning, and it's frustrating because. 
maybe we have to switch our system up. Maybe we have to have new personnel. We have to bench Acosta. I don't know, but like something's got to happen. Yeah, I'm just looking at I mean, looking at the uh, total shots on goal. We're near the bottom, which is yeah, yeah. You've, we've had 242 attempts on goal so far this season. Key teams that have been below us: FC Cincinnati. No surprise there. Columbus Crew, uh, Dynamo, surprisingly. Uh, but then they've played three games less than we have. And Montreal Impact, that surprises me, actually. And you say, there's a couple of other teams, but you think, well, when that just says it all, the fact that we're not scoring goals when we're down near with the likes of FC Cincinnati and Montreal Impact. It's just like, yeah, we need to up our attacking game. Let's put it that way. Yeah, for sure. And I think it also goes back to like one thing that we talked about a while ago is that I don't even care that much if if we take some longer sh- chances, uh, like whatever, or mm. I don't like I don't mind us doing that. I don't mind us taking lower percentage chances, but we need to take more of them because like you yeah. never know. You never know when someone's going to bounce off the grass funny or bounce out of the keeper's hand or even just go in like you never really know trying to just cross and cross and cross or like trying to dribble past, you know, whatever, like not necessarily the best ways to go about all this stuff. And we can't just be a set piece team. Um, We're not going to win MLS cup being a set piece team. We're not going to win MLS cup being a Wayne Rooney team either. So we need to figure this out. Yeah, absolutely. When you look at the uh, early on in the season, the game against Atlanta United where Acosta had that, shot from about 20 yards out and it squirmed past Brad Guzan that's the kind of things that we need to actually do more of yeah exactly and especially when it's wet like if you ask yeah. any goalkeeper the worst time to be a goalkeeper is when it's raining like the ball oh, yeah. sticks around in such weird ways and you just never know yeah absolutely I, I play in goal and it is just it's not pleasant let's put it that way and so, yeah, I think we, we need to up, up those chances. We've been really lucky so far. And so I think uh, one other thing, actually, I, I did uh, on Twitter was I posted a screenshot of the Eastern Conference standings. But instead of ranking it on just raw points, it's actually ranked on points per game. OK. And so right now, in terms of points, like raw points, we're in second. But if you yeah. switch it to points per game, we're in fourth. And we're actually at 1.55 points per game. And the Red Bulls and the Impact are right below us at 1.5. So, yeah, we are like another week away from being in like sixth or seventh. And that's like, yeah, especially since some of these teams have 18, 19 or even 16 games played. Like, yeah, we're kind of not in a great spot. And so... We can say all the stuff about, oh, we're in second, oh, we're in second, but, like, we're not going to be for long. All of these teams, no. all the other teams have a double game week this week. They're going to be playing. We're barely scraping by in terms of points per game above the Red Bulls and the impact. And so, yeah, it's just rough. Yeah, I'm just, out of, I'm just looking at that uh, picture right now, and it's, it's not pleasant. Um, I mean, yes, we're in fourth, which is fine. That is, that is playoffs. That's great. But then a form does change, and you've got NYCFC. They're doing outstanding. 15 games played on 1.73 points per game. And another couple of ties or defeats for us would see us slide down that table quite quickly. 
Yeah, and that that picture is a little bit outdated. So New York City FC actually is 1.81 now uh, per game. Yeah, and so and they've also the only team in MLS to only have lost one game. So wow. Yeah, they're really uh, they're really killing it. <laughs> they they didn't seem that at the start of the season because um, they were drawing a lot like what we are at right. the moment. But yeah. That that might be a silver lining for us without the amount of ties that we're having at the moment. It might turn around for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look at some positives. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> I think the one just looking at the most up to date one, like the uh, Toronto FC is in in like points per game ranked seventh and at one point two one. So we're relatively comfortable uh, above them, but yeah. Again, this also quote unquote, like quote unquote assumes that we we maintain our pace, and so that means we need to start winning again because we need a more than a 1.55 average to maintain it. So I think that's the biggest question right now is like, what do the coaching staff do? What do the players need to do like to to maintain this or get better? Yeah, and to be honest, it's it's this half of the season that we really do need to actually start picking up again because this is where. This is the business end of the season, and this is where the playoffs are all about the form. It's not about where you realistically where you finish in the table. It is all about how you end the season. And if we have the kind of end of the season like we did last season, we could still win the MLS Cup. It's just we need to actually start turning it around, and we need to turn it around very, very soon. Yeah, we want to peak at the right time, and like it feels like we peaked at four games in, and. <laughs> So uh, for, form is I, temporary, class is permanent, as they uh, as they say. And well, we need a little bit of both. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's put it that way. But uh, yeah, it's with the again with my DC cap on and the optimistic cap on, which I like to wear quite a lot, despite what I keep getting told uh, by some people on Twitter about Ben Olsen and how the ones him out and everything. But the optimistic cap on says, you know what, we if we can win to out the next three and draw one that's going to stand us in really good stead towards like i said the business end of the season and we we do have a then have a great chance of finishing the season on a high um i do feel like olsen needs to get some silverware this season um otherwise there will be strong calls for him to leave the club but um yeah if we win two and draw one in the next three so gets what seven points out the next out of the nine we're going to be the season's going to turn around. I I can feel it. Yeah, I think that those things are, are totally attainable, too. I mean, we have uh, New England Revolution at home, and then yep. we go to FC Cincinnati, and we should absolutely destroy yeah. FC Cincinnati. Like, yeah, that'll be a huge red flag if we tie them or don't do well. Yep. Um, and then we go down to Atlanta, which they just got beat 5-1. Did you see that? Oh, that was superb. That was crazy, yeah. <laughs> and they're one of those teams that I really don't like, and I don't know why. But why? Because Brad Guzan's on. Them. That's why. Uh, you yeah, don't that's like probably them. why. Yeah, actually. <laughs> but it was nice to see them getting absolutely destroyed. And that, but we always seem to do well against them. Touchwood. Oh, yep, yep. There's some wood there. And I, I'm confident about that game, and I'm confident about beating Cincinnati. I'd be happy if we got a tie against New England. I'll be honest. If we can escape three points against New England, that's gonna be that's gonna be a big win, I think. So if we win, if we beat New England, I think we'll end up getting nine points out of the next nine. That's how that's how I'm feeling right now. 
Yeah, cautiously optimistic. I'm, again, I, I mentioned I'm going to be at the Atlanta game, and it seems like I'm going to be at this New New England Revolution game as well. Yeah. Um, there's actually an event the next day with the the Cooligans. Have you uh, you familiar with them? Oh, uh, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, and the Total Soccer Show. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to go. T- I have tickets for that as well. So I'll probably be nice. down there for that game. And so yeah. we, uh, I really want to win. <laughs> so, so, so that uh, yeah, I really want to win that game. Yeah, you can you can go into that into that, and you'll just be with a nice smile on your face, and everything will be nice and happy and golden. Yeah, and apparently there's gonna be like uh, like players there, so. Oh, nice. They haven't announced two or what, but I mean, any of them would be awesome. So, I would recommend if you're listening to this and you're interested, you should go um, hunt that down and and buy a ticket because uh, it's just that Audi Field, and yeah, it's like. The Cooligans and the Total Soccer Show, and I'm sure like some DC United, like I don't know, like people, and then also players. So yeah, 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 absolutely. And even if it's not just for the DC United stuff, that having the Cooligans there and the Total Soccer Show, that's going to be awesome just in itself. So it, yeah, get yourself along to it. If I was in the United States, I'd be there. Yeah, totally. Like definitely. And th- those are two really good podcasts too. Like those are some of my favorites um, yeah. for different reasons, but but. <laughs> um yeah so we've kind of talked over dc united stuff um i hope we uh start returning to form (laughs) or uh, achieving form i guess more so yeah that would be nice but yeah so the other small things i wanted to chat about a little bit is uh the women's world cup there's going to be the final tomorrow i think it's usa versus netherlands which is like a really big deal over here right now uh which is kind of cool to see um, but yeah, did you have any thoughts about, I guess, the previous game, which was England versus USA or any of the other uh, games that have happened? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to gloss over the uh, England defeat there. Uh, so the other games, uh, seeing uh, Germany getting knocked out, that was a bit of a surprise. Um, I think they were playing Sweden, weren't they, if I remember rightly? And that was, that, was a, that was a big upset. Netherlands, nice to see them doing well. And to be honest, the whole tournament has actually been really, really good and it's absolutely fantastic to see and over here in the uk it's actually been extremely well received uh, so going back to that england usa game we've got a population of what 60 million people in this country 60 or 65 mil and the audience for the usa game was 12 mil if i remember rightly so a fifth oh, wow. of the U- of the uk not just england but the uk were watching that game that is just unbelievable. That's equal to or even better than the men's. It's just absolutely outstanding. So the fact that the women are getting this absolute amazing coverage over here, and it's been on um, the BBC, so free-to-air TV over here, it's really done the game a huge amount. And now there's talk of the uh, Premier League um, themselves, so the EPL, they're looking at taking over the uh, Women's Super League. So that's gonna gonna take their league to the next level. So there's more than likely there's gonna be a lot more money going into it. So the clubs are gonna be better financed. They're gonna be able to help train their players a lot more. They're gonna get better coaches. They're, more clubs are gonna be able to go full time and go properly professional. It's this actual particular World Cup. I think is it's gonna leave a massive legacy and. You hear about World Cups in the men's game and how what kind of legacy are they leaving behind. But I think this Women's World Cup 
the legacy that this is going to leave behind, especially for England and themselves, it's just going to be lasting for years and years and years, um, decades, um, which is absolutely fantastic. It was just a shame we got beat in the semi-final. Yeah, the, that was a really crazy game. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's been awesome. All the games that I've watched, and I watched like as much as I could, probably yeah. like five or six or seven um, total. Uh, been really good high-level games, and so I've had a great time. I think even the USA versus France game was kind of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. a lot of good matchups for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you we were talking beforehand about um, that celebration from uh, Alex Morgan, the uh, the drinking the tea, or as I put in inverted commas, tea, um, which I'll explain to you now um, why I did that. So. In the press over here, there was a lot of talk about um, it not being a cup of tea, but it was looking suspiciously like she was um, smoking some marijuana. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did that. was did you see see anything about that, or is that something that has been mentioned in the U.S. press coverage or anything like that? It's mostly what's happening is like we see all of the the British outlets because all of our outlets are making fun of them. So. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's how we see it because like <laughs> because it's just like so like ridiculous and then like all the Piers Morgan stuff like oh. even from before the game it's just like ridiculous. Oh Piers Morgan, obviously you guys know an American, you know him quite well because he had that talk show over there, didn't he? And yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> thanks that, for that. <laughs> yeah, you are you're welcome. You could have you could have kept him. No, we didn't, want, we didn't want him back. We didn't want him in the first place. <laughs> oh yeah, he's just. It's this. I'd say Pierce Morgan, as an interviewer, he can do some really good things because he he has the balls to actually ask the right ask those questions that nobody would. But as a person, geez, yeah, he's uh, not likable in the slightest. Um, you see a lot of stuff that he tweets out, and you just think, what are you talking about? And was it was it um, Rapino? He's having a bit of a argument with as well. Or slagging off a little bit on Twitter. Like before the game, he he posted a picture of Rapino like hit her, with her arms out after one of the goals from a previous match, and was like, he tweeted a picture of that and was like, oh, like I can't wait to see uh, our lionesses uh, destroy this ego or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so it was just kind of like, dude, don't tweet that before the game. Wait, yeah. At least at the very least, if you want to be an asshole, just do it afterwards. <laughs> like it's just. And then he looked like an idiot, obviously, because they lost. Yeah. And, I'm, yeah. I was looking through his uh, tweets at the moment. He's um, six hours ago. Um, you might enjoy this one. So Rob oh, Harris geez. on Twitter has tweeted, Megan Rapino claims not many, if any, players will go to the White House to see uh, Donald Trump if they win the World Cup. But I, I haven't spoken to everyone about it. So that's what uh, Rapino said. Pierce Morgan then says... The arrogance of this is breathtaking. Try winning at first, Mrs. Uh, Miss Rapino. Then inform us of your latest tiresome political activism. Well, she has won it before, hasn't she? Yeah, seriously. It's oh, like, annoying. Who, Especially who, considering his tweet. Ugh. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just, oh, come on. It's just, he needs to get over himself a little bit, I think. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't heard anything from him for, like, years. I didn't even necessarily realize he was still, like, I guess, active or what he's even doing. Like, I I don't know. I just saw that tweet, and then I was like, Piers Morgan, what? 
yeah um, yeah so i guess he probably has these like kind of incidents that go viral every once in a while i should say he likes to play on the bit the big occasions let's put it that way yeah and no one i guess learns to just ignore him but yeah <laughs> i don't know i think i think I feel pretty confident about winning the final as a U.S. fan, but it's always yeah. hard. And that the Netherlands team has been playing really well overall, I think. And so I'm excited to see what happens. It would definitely be historic if we ended up winning that again. And so, and I think that would mean a lot to like people over here right now. Uh, Cause it's like, it's being followed like really, really heavily. Like the, like even in my office, my day job, like, everyone's watching the USA games on the big monitor. Like you don't see that for like MLS games. Obviously you never see that, but even like international games, none of the gold cup games, Copa America games, none of that. So it, it shows uh, how big like the women's game is right here, right now, especially and how much it's grown. Yeah. That's about, I, I feel the same about the, the England women's as well over here. It's, it's one of those things that you, hear people who don't generally follow soccer that much and they're talking about the women's game and it's it's fantastic to see i mean for example my wife um she's not the biggest soccer fan but she will she follows dc um which is great uh, she doesn't actually follow really any teams over here in england so the fact that she actually has a keen interest in mls that's fantastic um but she's actually been really interested in the women's game and we were talking yesterday, um, potentially even going to an England women's international game down at Wembley. So the fact that she's actually willing to actually go to it to a soccer game in the UK is fantastic. And I can't imagine that she's the only one who's thinking like that. It's brought the the whole game to a brand new audience, and that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I feel very similarly over here. Like it's everyone. It's just become a big thing. Um, but yeah, and so that's been great. I'm going to watch the final for that tomorrow. There's a bunch yep. of finals actually tomorrow. There's the, like I mentioned, the Gold Cup and the Copa America as well. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's kind of annoying and kind of shitty, honestly, but that is how they did it. Yeah. So. Are they all kicking off at the same time or are they at different times for your for the Copa America and the uh, Gold Cup? I haven't looked, but I sure hope not. <laughs> that would be really upsetting. I don't think so because I haven't. I feel like if that was the case, there would be even more of an up, like uproar about it. But because like there's already like the fact that uh, it is on the same day is kind of like not great. Um, obviously, because like the World Cup is happening, we shouldn't necessarily have all these tournaments on at the same time. Yeah. Um, but if they were on like at the exact same time, <laughs> I think that would get even more um, coverage. But we are also in the final of the Gold Cup. The U.S. men's national team went yes. uh, past Jamaica. We won 3-1 after losing them to them 1-0 in a friendly like a month ago. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm kind of excited about that one, too. Yeah. Uh, how do you think How do you think it'll actually end? Uh, do you think you'll uh, come away winners? So I think there's a lot of stuff here because, like, if someone said, oh, you're going to make it to the final and play Mexico, um, no matter the result, before the Gold Cup even started, I would have been like, oh, my God, that's so much above my expectations right now because that's how bad I felt. Yeah. But now that we're in it and seeing how kind of poorly Mexico has done in the last two games with a very, very controversial uh, penalty kick in extra time versus Haiti. 
Yeah. Because uh, I was rooting for Haiti just because they that was like the big story. They were doing so well. Yeah. Um, and they almost beat Mexico, which was crazy. Um, but and then the game before that, they didn't necessarily do that well, or like they didn't do that well against Martinique or something like that. And so yeah. they've had kind of an on and off Gold Cup. And so I don't know. We have like we have the best. Like we we've only given up one goal the whole tournament. That's, um, that's good going. Yeah, and that was in Jamaica, the Jamaica game. Yeah. And I don't even think. Like we made a bunch of changes in that game, and some of the players that were introduced, I don't think, are gonna play necessarily in this Mexico game. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. I kind of am feeling pretty optimistic about it, but I know that's a trap. So because <laughs> it, it is a big, big, big rivalry, like, um, and also because it is the final. So and it is a yeah. great team in Mexico. Yeah, I've I've got the uh, kickoff times for you for the finals day. So your women's World Cup final. Uh, that will be kicking off at uh, 11 a.m. your time. You've then got the Brazil-Peru uh, Copa America final. That kicks off at uh, 4 p.m. your time. Then your Gold Cup final. That kicks off at 9, uh, 9 p.m.? Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, in the 9 middle p.m., of, yeah. Middle of night. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, 2 a.m. our time. So, yeah, that would be, that'd be 9 p.m.? Yeah, 9 p.m. Yeah, for you guys. Yeah. Uh, at least it's spread out. It's a nice day of it, in a way. You just yeah, sit down, drink a few beers, and enjoy the football. Few, yeah. Sorry, soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one of the things that happened in the Jamaica game, I don't know if you heard about this, but basically, yeah, it started at like 9 or 9.30. I think it was 9.30, actually. Yeah. Um, but either way, there was like a 90-minute uh, uh, lightning break. And so the game ended at some like ridiculous time, and... I'm watching this out at a bar, and so I'm just, like, continuing to drink, and it's just like, all right, are we going to continue here? (laughs) But, yeah, I ended up getting home at, like, one or whatever, which is crazy to me for a soccer game, but... Yeah. Didn't that happen in the Colorado game this week as well? Probably, yeah. (laughs) That sounds right. I can't stand for them, so... Yeah. That's one of the disappointing things about this time, which I've definitely mentioned before on here, like... If the game is starting at, like, 9 or 10, yeah. and then there's any kind of break at all, yeah, like, I think it was the Rapids in New England or something, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, like, it's there's no recovering. Like, it's too late. Yeah. I was, there was, uh, I was reading up on it. The game was uh, delayed for a combined three hours and 34 minutes. I mean... They should have just called that. I, I yeah. Don't, I don't even care. Yeah, I mean, it's... They, they finished it, uh, what was it, just after 1 a.m.? I mean, What's the point of that? That, that? That's just... Why? That that just screams... You know, if that happens over here in the UK, that would have been aban- That game would have been abandoned without any shadow of a doubt. You would have right. seen that it would have... If it lasted more than an hour, yeah, that game would be instant ban- uh, abandoned and replayed on another day from wherever it finished off. And yep. that's just... That's absolutely crazy. I can't believe that. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, (laughs) even staying up for that Jamaica-USA game, like, I was just dead. It's too late for a game. So hopefully the the final versus Mexico, that doesn't happen. Fingers Uh, crossed. I'm excited for it. I'm nervous for it. Same as the the Women's World Cup. I'm nervous and excited. But I'm hoping that we pull out both wins. So... 
Yeah, well, that, that'll be a hell of a day for you if that does happen. So good luck with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. So that's all I had for that stuff. Um, is there anything else you wanted to cover? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I'll, we've covered off what... Well, have we really covered off transfer window in a great detail? I'm just, we've said that we wanted another striker in. If if you had to pick another striker, who would you pick right now um, to kind of fill that void that we're missing? Is there anyone that you've had an eye on that you think, actually, that might be a good fit for us? Oh, man, I have not thought about this. Actually, <laughs> the, the actually one thing that I actually tweeted about during the Jamaica game yep. is Darren Maddox. I would love for him to come back. I highly doubt that that would happen. But, like, I think we've even talked about that before. Like, that kind yeah, of yeah. player worked so well for us. Having Rooney drop back, someone who's able to finish and and has that much pace worked so well. So yeah. I really like Darren Maddox. <laughs> like, yeah. but, yeah. I mean, actually, has he played that much for Cincinnati this season? Well, he, no. But the thing is, what's so annoying about that is, I think he left because he wasn't getting enough playing time. Yeah. And then, yeah, he goes over to FC Cincinnati and maybe he gets, I don't know, probably a little bit more, sure. But, like, I don't know. I think the opportunity to, to be, uh, yeah, like, studying under Wayne Rooney and, like, coming in and, and, and really having an impact versus a team like Cincinnati, which is in their first year, we kind of all knew how poorly they were going to do considering how, I, I guess, bad their roster was put together. Yeah. Um, and so it's like I don't really see the the attraction for – for why he would want that but yeah i don't know it, it's a bit a bit of an odd one i mean when you as you said about their roster just to kind of emphasize how bad that roster was or is i should say so they've got two former millersburg players who right now wouldn't get anywhere near our squad which is saying something because our squad's not doing very isn't the greatest roster at the moment so that's the justin hoyt um former oh, Arsenal yeah. right back and Millsborough and Emmanuel Ledesma. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. so um, he when he played for us, he was decent. His attitude uh, was very poor though. So um, that's honestly the vibe I get from FC Cincinnati players in general. To be honest, like I feel like there's there's more going on than just like I think obviously they have a, a poor roster creation. Like the, the creation is not yeah. that good, but like. I think there's kind of like a really high level of arrogance and like I don't know what, but like that's just the vibes yeah. I get. You, know, you look at some the some of the players that they've got in there um, in their roster is actually they've got some decent players in there. I mean, as we spoke, you've got Dynamatics in there. You've got um, Roland Lamar, who I've been quite pleased with. I think he's actually quite an underrated player. Uh, Kikuta Mane, he's got some pace about him as well. That's another player we could do with actually um and you've got the likes of ledesma who could potentially do something but he's got to have the right mindset on and then you look at the rest of it and you're like oh oh dear and i think come on they could do they could realistically they could do better but then just there have they i don't think they've even got a full-time head coach at the moment from the looks of things. That's the other thing. They just announced that they're looking for... Cool, yeah, because they fired Alan Koch. And yeah. now they're looking for a, quote-unquote, 13-month short-term caretaker manager or something. They just announced that, like, this week. Yeah. And everyone's just like, are you kidding me? This is, like, what? ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. 
you you're in your your first season in MLS. You want that to go decent at least. You don't want to be that team that loses seven one against Minnesota. Um, and to be known for that, you want to be doing something because they they did some really good things in USL and then they've come into MLS and it's just like, what the heck's happened? Yeah, it's, it, it it's feels really like weird. it's a completely different club. Yeah, I don't know. I was uh, really looking forward to seeing Cincinnati in there. They've got a great uh, fan base, some great audiences there, and they've got a, they've got a nice stadium, which is a shame that they have to leave uh, the Nippet Stadium. But hey ho, that's what you need to do if you want to come into the MLS. And they've just kind of started on a whimper. Yeah, it's it's disappointing, but I think. They have obviously some very bad uh, like issues. I think higher up than like even like director level. I don't know what's going on there because yeah. why would you fire your head coach uh, your first season of MLS? Like first of all, second yeah. of all, if you were gonna do that or you, that was even an option that you think might possibly happen, why would you not figure this out before the season? Yeah. <laughs> like and yeah. It's if you're gonna fire someone, you'd I if it was me, I'd figure out who I was gonna have to replace them before doing it. Right, that's another thing too. Yeah. I mean, how long's it been since they've been without a proper co- head coach? It, it, Few it months feels at like least. yeah, and it's kind of like how lo- how much longer could that go on for? It's it it screams madness to me. So hopefully we can uh, take advantage of that when we play them uh, soon. Yeah, I also like on their roster Greg Garza, who like is a really good fullback. He struggles with injuries. He was at Atlanta last season, but yeah. he also is a lot of people think that if he hadn't had struggled so much with injuries in his career that he would be very very much starting for the US national team. But okay. Yeah, so he can't really stay healthy it seems like, but yeah, I don't know, who do you think for striker? Who anyone on your mind? Um, I mean, I there was um, a thing that came out um, from one of the MLS UK accounts um, over here, just writing for a particular website. Um, he approached me in terms of saying, and if you if money was no object and you could pick any player to add to your roster, who would you pick? So I was, and it still is the case that we are lacking goals and we need someone with pace someone who can finish um, in the box. So money, no object. Um, and I'm saying I'm really emphasizing money, no object, because I know this particular player is a little bit overpaid for who he is. Um, but I picked Jesse Sardes. Hmm. Okay. Uh, just um, yeah, I he's got pace. That. He's got pace. We know he can be in the right place at the right time, especially when he had that goal that just bounced off his head. Uh, in the uh, Gold Cup, um, that was uh, a bit of a fluke goal. But then the game after, he scored a couple of goals, from what I remember. He's not—he's not a bad all-round player. He can play on the wings as well. So, for me, if if we were going to pick up anyone, and we—and as I said, money was no object, I'd pick him up. Yeah, I could see him being someone who, yeah, we have like as a depth piece. Um, definitely overpaid for sure. But yeah, I mean, I can't really think of. Uh, a striker that we would we would be able to pick up that like would be good but also available and the clubs yeah. would be willing to sell and like wouldn't be too much and so yeah. 
even like Darren Maddox, like even regardless of the money, I don't think that FC Cincinnati is going to trade him, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's rough. I think, I think realistically, we'll, if we were going to add another striker, we'd have to look um, abroad. Let's put it that way. I don't think we can look at on these shores to get someone to add to the squad because I don't think anyone would want to trade someone like that, I think. Yeah, I also wonder how much untapped talent there is in USL also because like yes, yeah. We don't we don't necessarily see too much coming from USL into MLS even as like a depth piece or a 23 man roster person. But yep. like I feel like there's a lot of opportunity there even like between teams. And so maybe it's the case that a lot of these MLS teams who have these uh, USL teams keep those players for themselves, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure there's opportunities with the other clubs, at least. Or, like, I mean, even if we look at, like, Loudon, we have Kyle Murphy, I think, is our striker. He's doing okay. Like, yeah. there has to be some kind of uh, some kind of opportunities somewhere with that. Yeah. I'm uh, just especially at, nowadays. I'm just looking at sort of, uh, I just literally clicked onto the USL Championship website and just looking at um, the who's leading scorer over there, and that's Solomon Asante from Phoenix Rising. Uh, he's scored 12 goals so far this season, and he's also second um, for the amount of shots that he's had as well, so you've got him there. But also surprising, I've just noticed, a former DC United striker, Dane Kelly. Yep, yeah. He's um, been having a few pops. He hasn't scored that many goals, so he's probably not the best player to actually go for. Actually, how many? Uh, I think he scored uh, against Loudon, actually. <laughs> uh, he's He hasn't scored more than five, let's put it that way, because that's as far down as it goes, and he's not there. But he's had... How many attempts was that? He's sitting third in the uh, shots had, but he's not in the top 35 for goals scored. Yeah, probably I think, wouldn't have him. I think. No, I don't think so. But there's definitely opportunities there, and like, yeah. and even if we look at some of the smaller countries in the Gold Cup, I think there's opportunities there as well. I think one of the big markets for DC could be in a Salvadorian player, or obviously because of the population in DC, I think that would be a, yeah. a good move to see if there's anyone there. But I mean. Even the uh, Curacao uh, goalkeeper just signed with uh, Columbus Crew, uh, yes. uh, presumably going to replace Zach Steffen. And so there's definitely opportunities there. And so I know that DC has had some there along with some other teams, but I feel like we should start seeing some movement with them. There's a lot of different sources that we have available to us, including the USL, all of these other teams that we're seeing pretty much live right now. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, well, there, there is there's plenty of opportunities, and hopefully we can just get the right get the scouts into the right places, and hopefully pick someone up quite nicely. Absolutely, sweet. So yeah, I think that's all we got for this week. Um, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Yeah, of course. That would be on Twitter at DC United Kingdom. We've got quite a few things going on at the moment on there. Um, we've had some. Hopefully, if you don't mind me, uh, just plugging the podcast as well. Um, some pretty good episodes recently and uh quite a big episode coming up as well you've got uh, facebook and instagram which is uh, dc united kingdom fc and you've got the website which is dc united kingdom.com and i've also just launched the kind of the, the membership scheme uh for the supporters group now so 
if you're in the UK or even in the US or anywhere in the world, um, you're more than welcome to join us. Just go onto the website and click on membership at the top of the website. Fill that form in and you'll get some details about the membership. Awesome stuff. And yeah, definitely check out the podcast. Uh, There's a lot of cool episodes recently as, as well. So have a great week and we'll see you next game. See you later.